Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm Alex Williams, your host, and today I'm joined by my friend, Princess Amarachi. Now, Princess is amazing and has an amazing show, Cheap Talk, uh, which you should absolutely check out. She's the first Nigerian I've had on the show, and I loved, oh, I loved hearing about the culture, especially the food. I need to find some Nigerian food. Stat. It sounds seriously amazing. And we also have some links in the show notes for some Nigerian artists because music and social life is a huge thing in Nigeria. With that, please enjoy this conversation that I had with Princess. But more importantly than this conversation with Princess, I'd like you to take some time to listen intently to the people around you. Princess Amarachi, welcome to My Wax Museum. Hi, Alex. It's good to be here. How are you all doing? I'm doing really well. Uh, I I haven't been up for too long. It's 8 a.m. where I am, but I understand it's the middle of the afternoon where you're at, eh? Yes, it is. Hot afternoon here. We uh, we have some cloud cover, so I feel like we're going to be okay today. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, so I always start off the show... Uh, uh, letting the audience know how how we met. So, do you want to do you want to fill the audience in on how we got in contact? It's a very very typical story, uh, especially right now where everybody's uh, separated. Yes. <laughs> okay, I would like to say that um, a lot has been happening within this um, pandemic and lockdown issue, and my kind of person is someone who is open to whatever goodness that comes out from everything that seems bad. So I think this is one of it. Like we met on Twitter in our podcast group where we were talking about our podcasts or something like that. I know I, I did, um, you made a post about anyone who wants to be filled in to your podcast, to be a guest in your podcast. And I opted in because I loved the fact that you said you were going to share positivity. And that is something I love to talk about and to share too. So on that again, just like that, I got featured in your in the other podcast as my people of people of home. And from there, I'm here right now too. So it's goodness made out of a lot of issues that have brought up controversies and pain to the whole world. So thank God that everything is coming out fine. So that's actually how it got to know. <laughs> yeah. That wonderful? Yeah, that's what's been happening with a lot of my guests lately, because that's all the people that I've been talking to is on the internet, on Twitter, other podcasters and stuff. Uh, and I love your show, uh, Cheap Talk, that we'll, we'll talk about a bit later in the show, I'm sure. Um, but in the meantime, let's jump into where you're from. So where are you from originally? Hey, I'm from Nigeria, West Africa, in Africa, in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Nigerian girl. And so, okay, so um, I, I've, I haven't interviewed anybody from Nigeria on the show yet. Uh, you're the first one. So fill wow, me in. Oh, that's good. <laughs> right. Uh, fill fill me in a little bit. What what is Nigeria like? I I feel Nigeria is one of the most populous countries that mm -hmm. you know for a lot of things, the good, bad, the not so good, and all the rest. But Nigeria is an African country with diverse talents and opportunities. What I mean by that is we are so multi-ethnic. We have a lot of languages. We are 
we are different people yet we are together trying to make ends meet and when you come to nigeria you you have to experience the sunny the rainy <laughs> weather you have to experience the bustle and hustle the optimism that people have that things will definitely get better although we we're actually facing a lot of challenges in leadership but and then in personality and that has affected even the reputation of a lot of nigerians outside the country but even at that we have a lot of hardworking. the typical nigerian is always hardworking. it's um optimistic that things are going to get better you can't believe what's happening in nigeria in the face of this coronavirus pandemic like people are sourcing at different ways to keep themselves alive and happy so when you're in nigeria you're, you're most likely going to find a good reason to laugh though we have a lot of issues we also have the good side to us which is that we irrespective of our differences we always we pursuing a common goal we will learn to set them apart and move on with them. You can't believe we are more than 250 ethnic groups, different languages, different cultures, perceptions in the country. And that's why it's, it's actually the most populous country in Africa. Yes. So for that apart, we actually have people trying to make ends meet and live a happy life. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, and I, I had no idea uh, how much uh, ethnic diversity there, there was in Nigeria. Um, however, one thing I have heard about Nigeria is that you guys have awesome music. Is that true? Oh, you not listen to music. I told you we have a lot of talents. And when it comes to arts and entertainment, Nigeria is, is, is beautiful from gospel to folk to, to pop to R&B to uh, African music, we are just awesome. Like our music is, is so lifting, entertaining. Whatever purpose you need it for, you definitely find one that will serve that purpose. So we we actually make music out of everything. <laughs> Coronavirus has a music in Nigeria, <laughs> <laughs> so that's to tell you how entertaining Nigeria can be. That's awesome. I'm gonna. I, I'll probably ask ask you. Um to to give me a few links to some Nigerian artists I can put in the show notes for people to listen to. That that sounds awesome. Do you have any any favorite Nigerian artists? Um for gospel for gospel artists I have Sinach for um, um R&B, I have Simi. My name is Simi and uh, the husband too is a musician Adekunle Gold. I think uh, those are my favorite position for now but if i've got any other one maybe i'll tell you so you said put them up in the episode notes i've got to face too i can't forget that i've got to face too his song is awesome too yeah it sounds it, it it sounds like a really diverse uh and and interesting place uh and you've lived there all your life yes i have just kind of walk walk me through like a normal day in your life as a kid okay a normal day a normal Nigerian, a typical Nigerian, um, setting aside the differences in culture or exposure. Like you wake up every day, maybe you're staying with your parents and you're expected to do what they say, do home chores. And if you're coming maybe from a, a, a remote area, a village to say, 
and he expected to be very tough and hard and strong enough to do hard chores because over here um we really people really weigh your strength by your ability to double up a lot of work and activities multitask and dovetail at the same time and keep smiling hmm. you don't have to complain <laughs> over anything so it, it's for a typical nigeria going up in nigeria was actually is actually um, one of finding a way out to do your work it's, it's just a normal life where you have to find a way to make ends meet as you keep growing when you find out that the situation around you is not what you think it to be, no one would tell you to stand up and start looking out for ways to make it what it is. And then, you know, we grew up to always believe that our country is not so good when it comes to leadership and politics and social amenities. While we also know that we have a lot of resources, but one thing about Nigerians is that we always find a way to encourage ourselves with the little stories or success stories of others around us. So irrespective of whatever it is that is happening around us, irrespective of how exploitative the government can be, every typical Nigerian, just like me, is always seeing the other side. We know that we have a lot of resources that no man can tap all of them at the same time. So we believe that even if you want to tap a, a large chunk of it, we'll always find a way to utilize the little that you leave off for us and make good use of it. You understand? So that's it for a typical Nigerian. So a typical day is you wake up, you do your job, you go out, you see your neighbors. And Nigeria is a place where you, you really don't live a solitary life. If you are solitary, if you like going solo, people will think there's something wrong with you. You know, in Nigeria, <laughs> you think that your neighbor is too nosy because, but that's a way of caring. So you might just see a neighbor knocking on your door, asking you why you're not out this morning, if you're okay, if you're fine. So you just wake up, you say hi, hello to neighbor, neighbors, go to your business, go to your work, and that's it. Then I have a party in Nigeria, Lagos, which is um, the ec um, economic uh, city of Nigeria, the hub center of Nigeria, where we talk so much about traffic, you understand? That has, it's more like a tale for every day, and now it's become a dead metaphor. If you're talking about Lagos, you just relate it to traffic and the bustle and hospital that comes with it. But that's it. So you just find a way around it, get up early, get yourself to work, and come back and do your thing. Then in the evenings of in mostly Nigeria, it's for relaxation, refreshment. We cool off with music, go to clubs, go to restaurants, bars, listen to music, meet with friends, communicate with our families. And we retire in the night with bed stories and hotels out in the moonlight. Although that's kind of prevalent in the villages right now compared to the city. So that's it for Nigeria. That's awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've met a few Nigerians, and it's very clear that you're very social people. Uh, and I, I just think it sounds so nice. Uh, I, I grew up in a city where it's a very get in your car, go to work, get back in your car, go home, don't talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
don't don't socialize at all or hardly. Uh, obviously, that depends what what sphere you run in. Um, but I, I just think that that sounds awesome. Um, you mentioned you mentioned going to going to bars and restaurants and, and socializing with people there. Uh, so what are what are some cool uh, Nigerian foods that you have? Are there any particular restaurants in Nigeria that are really good? Nigerian foods are dope. <laughs> okay, I the foods are diverse based on culture as well. So I have to call them based on the culture. I'm an evil girl. I'm from the evil tribe. So in our culture, we're known for a lot of soups. Like we have different soups just that you can take with automobiles and um, whatever you want to take it with. So we have a goosey soup. We have um, vegetable soup that's made with pumpkin and water leaf. That one is a deep kind corn. Okay, so, okay, you're going to have to explain these to me. Okay, so... The, the vegetable soup with pumpkin and what was the other? Watali. Watali, and what is that? Hey, that's a soup that is from um, another tribe in Nigeria. And okay. it's called, the native name is Etikainkan. Etikainkan. Yes. <laughs> it's a very tasty and nutritious meal, actually. Then we have the Oha soup. That's also a soup from my place. Um, we have the Okaze soup. Then we have an different soup like we have a for a foriro that's from yoruba land we have the amala and a wedu um, we have the nigerian jollof rice almighty nigerian jollof rice have you heard of that before no what is that and um not heard of jollof rice uh we have a special way of making jollof rice and it's, it's actually a recipe that when you get into a, res a restaurant you ask for nigerian jollof rice especially when you're outside nigeria it's, it's a special way of making rice and um, we have diverse soup actually i can name a lot of them like there are so so many egusi ohasu okazi etikaikom afansu amala and the way do we have a four okra soup so obono we have onubu that's bitter leaf soup in no bitter leaf no no, what is it? There's a leaf that's very, very bitter. Okay. So what we do with it, we have to like extract the juice to allow it to ferment. And then we use the leaf to prepare soup. And you won't really know that much that it's that leaf that is very much bitter that was used to prepare that soup. So we have a very diverse food and soups. We actually dwell much with soups and uh, that's it. Then for rice, I told you about jollof rice. That's it. Then the other, we have our yam. We have a special way of making yam. We okay. can make it with pepper soup and we can make it with porridge. We can, awesome ways of making food. But Nigeria is blessed with food. When you come to Nigeria, you really enjoy the food. Yeah. Whichever one you want from whichever tribe you need it. That, that sounds amazing. Um, I know... I mean, Nigeria is on my list of places to go. Obviously, not right now. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that oh, that sounds amazing. Um, I mean, that's the best part about going somewhere is is getting to try the food, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you have all the all this culture and all this food. What's probably what would you say is your single favorite thing about Nigeria? The single favorite thing. 
about Nigerians or about Nigeria? About Nigeria. Okay, the single favorite thing about Nigeria is that it's a land of opportunities and many resources. Like when you think that there is nothing left, there is nothing else to work upon, there's nothing else to thread with. You just notice that Nigeria gives you that opportunity to thrive. It has a large market that no every business can thrive in it if you're consistent and persistent. Nigeria is a marketplace, a real marketplace to start off anything. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause um because it's it's a large country, um, both geographically, it's fairly large, and population-wise, how many? What's the population of Nigeria? It's estimated to be over seventeen million people. The last time I checked, but I don't know about the recent um, population rates right now. So, grow, growing up in Nigeria, uh, you have all this cool culture surrounding you, all these cool opportunities surrounding you. Um, I, you know, and, and it's clear, um, by your personality that you're very positive, you're very optimistic. Um, is, is there a specific reason you think that you're, you're optimistic or are you just naturally that way? I'm not naturally optimistic. I wasn't naturally optimistic. Like I grew up to a lot of challenges. I grew up to ask myself, even why was I born in Nigeria? Understand because we I had a lot of challenges growing up. I, I I had a fantasy built around me of what life should have been, of what it sh- what should be. You understand? But what built my positivity is that I I think I felt exposed to people who who shared their success stories. And what I mean by success stories, they shared how they failed and how consistent and positive they were to succeed in even when it seemed as if it's not possible. You understand? So as a young girl, I, I looked up to those people. I saw those, um, I listened to those stories. I read about them and I felt like I would be sabotaging myself. I would be shooting myself in the leg if I keep blaming, if I keep feeling negative about my country or about myself or about the situation around me. And then I, I believe that one key thing that can help me you understand, against everything is to be positive. And then I read my Bible too, and it told me in a particular chapter that a good heart, it's good medicine. You understand? So I thought it's even helpful that I, I keep up a positive attitude, a positive disposition it's good for my health it's good for whatever goal i have in mind and it keeps me going even in the face of challenges not that i don't have times i feel down or times i feel bad like today i was feeling so good understand but i just had to wake up and say no it's all right it's good you're feeling this way but let's find a way around it because when we keep wallowing in anxiety worry negativity we might actually see the way out why there's actually a way right on the nose waiting for us to tap into it that's just it yeah um i i'm i'm the same way that that need to to have positivity just to because i mean that's how you that's how you get through life right uh that's how you get through anything um and 
So one of the ways that you you share that positivity um, is through your podcast, Cheap Talk. Um, and and so tell me about how how that got going. Why why did you start Cheap Talk? Of all topics to talk about, I I felt Cheap Talk is not just the only thing I want to talk about. I won't say that, but I think it's the major thing I want to focus on now because it's true that our mindset is structured right. So if it's not right, whatever foundation we are laying, whatever teaching we are making, whatever orientation we want to build will not actually stand. So I felt TikTok podcast is the best way for me to not just answer people's questions, but help them with the right mindset to doing what is right, to sharing positivity and to building their mind. You know, in I grew up actually, I grew up with a lot of questions in my mind. I grew up hearing a lot of limiting statements that makes people feel they are not capable, that they can't achieve a lot of things. And those things may be actually trivial. When you hear things that uh, like you're too young, you're too old, you, when you hear things like your girl, you're a guy, those limiting statements that we take for fun. I started out with looking at those statements that can limit us, that we have built the leaves around, around it. So I said, okay, let's focus on this statement that even I, I do say to myself, build inferiority complex or an extremity that is limiting, you understand? So that birthed, I thought about what name should we call it? And so we said, okay, since those statements aren't too good for us. Why don't we call them Cheap Talk? So we decided to say, okay, let's let's start with Cheap Talk podcast. Why we are trained those statements is not just to laugh over it or make fun of it, but it's just to change our mindset. So when someone comes up to you or when your mind tells you that you can't do something or something is not possible, you have a strong basis. Having listened to Cheap Talk to say, but I think they had a very good point against this so i should be going with this point to do whatever i want to do my own aim or our own aim for doing chip talk podcast is to see that people don't live below their capacity so that you don't look back to regret or feel i should have tried this when you see your mates when you see people talking about how they were able to surmount challenges that we are even more than what you faced I don't want people shedding tears. I want people looking back to say, yes, I'm happy I, I tried, even if I failed, but I'm just happy that I tried. I'm just happy that I could prove this right or wrong. So that's what you talk podcasts are about. It's just a part of me that I don't know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I I mean, I, I love the show. I really enjoy it. Um, would you have... For, for people who, who'd like to give it a listen, do you have a specific episode or a favorite episode that you think they should start with? For young ones that want to listen, I think they should listen to, I don't have a specific episode, I just have favorite episodes for different people. Mm. So for for young ones that want to listen, I think they should listen to Too, not, um, too Young for That. Yes, that's, um, I guess it should be the seventh episode. Then for um, businessmen, 
I think they should listen to Keeping Promises and Payback Time. Keeping Promises is actually my first episode, so it's so dear to my heart. <laughs> well, I think that's my favorite finally. So I think they should listen to Keeping Promises, not just businessmen, like everyone. Yes, because I stress so much on how we should learn to keep to little little promises to ourselves and to everyone around us. So this listen to keeping promises and payback time. Yes, I talked about business there too. And um therefore those in relationships or whole love relationships of I have um two episodes. He promised me the world and great on going bad in bed. Yeah. And for entrepreneurs or anyone who loves results, maybe working hard is bullshit would do a good, great deal. Yeah. And many more pod episodes there that I really can start calling one after the other right now. <laughs> uh, and I know, I know the, the stuff you share on, on your show is, is really great. I, I really enjoyed the Too Young for That episode oh you did listen i i yeah um because i i think that's something that so many people um miss and there's a too old for that too like this idea that like (laughs) oh you're you know you're too old to do that and it's like well why you know why can't i do this um have you i'm assuming that you've had people say these limiting statements before to you when somebody and i'm sure people still do this because you know people say stuff like that um when, when somebody says something like that to you how do you how do you react how do you how do you move past it so that you can just keep doing what you're doing okay you know we have different uh, um, reactions to different people based on how much i know you the situation at hand and if it's really necessary to respond to you so if i get i i know okay let me just share the story i've had a lot of too young you're too young for that moment. So that's what our episode is just all about me. I, I I think a lot of people thought I was too young maybe based on size or maybe based on age to do a lot of things. Even this podcast, I I, I started hearing things like, oh, you're too young for that. It started with your, your I don't think you're, you're, you're qualified for that. You understand? So all I just said was, it's okay. Let me just try it. And if it doesn't come out well, then I'll know I'm too young to do that. You understand? That was actually the best response I gave. Or I tell them, why don't you just let me try and let's see how it goes. But if it's someone who's close to me who I can actually sit down and talk with, then I'll give the person instances of people who have defied the age limitation or any statements that you're using against me that I feel isn't right. You understand? And if, if it's something I can actually overlook, I overlook it and just allow the person to see the results and go with it. Even if the person does, even if the result doesn't come out too nice, but I feel very much confident that trying and failing is better than not trying at all. So I always, I just tell them, even if I failed, I have a story to share, which you might not have because you didn't try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any any stories of failure from your life where, where you tried something and it didn't go uh, the way that you hoped it would go? Of course, yes, I have. Okay, I'll, 
I'll start with William. Let me just go to way back in in my career when I left school and I was thinking of what else to do, what next to do, and how I would actually have my life patterned. So I ventured into broadcasting. I'm actually um, a broadcaster. And then there were, there were a lot of, I know I, I got a lot of encouragement into that field, but people felt that you're not too open. Like I'm kind of reserved. I'm just a little social way. I want to be social, but when you, people tag broadcasters and media people as people who are so up and hype about it. And I was giving up a particular position then, a particular role then to do reporting at, uh, at one point. Well, I didn't do that very well. It made me feel bad because that was where I wanted to be. I felt that would be the best place for me to be then. Like, let me do the reporting, be in the reporting session. But I wasn't too good at that. And then I was thrown to the broadcasting session to um, do presentation. That wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be a reporter. So <laughs> you could imagine what <laughs> it's not that I in the long run. I didn't even report to my to my my units when I was posted to that place because that was I felt I already made up my mind that this is what I wanted to do. So it took me months. I was called up to resume work and start working where I was supposed to. But I felt, no, I failed. I, I, if I couldn't do a simple act of reporting, why should I be good behind the camera and before the mic? Like, I wasn't that outspoken then, so I felt I can't do it because I failed trying to do that work a lot of times. And people around me were like, we told you, you won't be good in communication. Why don't you try something else? Why don't you try being a, a scientist? Why don't you lock yourself into research and all the rest? But I thought this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> Let me do it. So it, it, it's, I just had to like brace up. I said, why don't I give it a try? If I don't do it, well, that's good. It makes up my story because I know I'm going to share a lot of stories about my life. So why don't I make up another story? So I went into it and lo and behold, it was it was such it was such a lovely experience for me that turned around my perception and even opened me up to doing podcasts because I felt if I wasn't um exposed to presentation and hardly the camera and the microphone, I might not have had the idea that I could use a podcast as a platform to teach or to reach out to people to change our mindsets and share our life stories. You understand? So that was actually a striking moment for me that turned my life around and made me believe that even if you fail, you will certainly rise again. And then I also had the story of when I wanted to write my entrance examination into the university. I didn't fail that, but I was denied that a lot of times for a couple of reasons I can't lay my hands on. It affected my ego, it affected my my feelings. I felt bad staying behind for a year or so. So I had to opt for um, a second option to study at the polytechnic. When a lot of people felt you're too bright to be in the polytechnic, you should be in the university. 
But I told them it's all about it's all about what I'm going to learn and how receptive I am to explore all the options that I got. And I shouldn't be limited by my certificates or where I'm studying from or where I studied. Do you understand? So I I felt that that part was it was a major failure for me. I felt you tried this and you didn't get it at once, you didn't get it twice, you didn't get it the third time. So it, are you sure you can actually get something in life? Well, staying at the Polytechnic and studying there was a, 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 a lovely experience for me as well. It, it built me up and I felt like if, if, if I hadn't gone to the Polytechnic, maybe I would have been streamlined. But seeing that opened up my mind to and broadened my horizon, made me open-minded and not nag me to the straightened path that the university had. And now you're actually giving me an idea for a cheap talk podcast about the saying that you must go to the university to make it. Yeah. <laughs> huh. it, it, ah, so that's it. It's funny how it all comes together like that, right? Like how you take those stories and those experiences and you use them to grow yourself and to to impact other people with the cheap talk podcast obviously um you're seeing some level of success with it i listen to it and i'm on the other side of the planet from you um so so have you seen um maybe in your own life or in somebody else's the way that the doing the podcast or the podcast itself has impacted uh the world positively okay I'll start with my colleagues at work. <laughs> I think the podcast has taken my name. So when they see me, they call me the Chief Talk Lady. I remember when the first episode was out, uh, Keeping Promises, and I was really um, focusing on the African time syndrome that we have over here, where people don't keep to time. And even when it's beyond our control, we don't, um, we feel it's not, we don't even feel that bad to apologize or try to make up the next time. So I, that was the, uh, one of the core reasons why I did that episode, Keeping Promises. And that episode really changed a lot of people's mindset at work. Like whenever we fix meeting and I tell them no cheap talks, Everyone tries to meet up because they know I'm going to use that as a yeah. <laughs> And then everyone was so um, intentional with their promises. Yeah. No one just threw promises anyhow to people around them. I remember I got a feedback from a friend that was telling me that, oh, princess, thank you so much. I felt like this Lagos traffic was the biggest um, excuse I could give as to not um, respond on time to deadlines and meet up to schedules and meetings but with the practical tips and giveaways you gave at the keeping promises i just learned to show up early and apologize when i really can't meet up to things and that was a very good one for me because the african time syndrome here is is something everyone is living with and that's why it's kind of a very big problem because when people think something is is normal it takes time to learn that everyone thinks it's it's, uh, it's it's africa it's nigeria we can't help that and you know when you try to do it the first time and maybe you come for a meeting and everyone is late you feel discouraged well i came early and i'm just the only one here what is encouraging me that i should come early the next time 
And I always tell them, don't worry, keep trying that when you do that the first time and second time, people get to know that you're someone who keeps the time and they will learn to keep the time next time when they have a meeting with you. So um, for me, I've got a lot of responses from people concerning each and every of the episode, even the too young, not too young for that. And um, a lot of episodes, I think he promised me the word, a friend of mine almost, she said she had her mind structured to always find out what people meant, especially someone she's in a relationship with, meant whenever they make their promises. If it's something they should hold too strong in their heart or just um, something they can keep somewhere and not stress, avoid um, disappointments and tears, premium tears, I call them. So that's that's how TikTok has been. It's just, it's been. I've got the feedbacks, and I know that even though I'm, I don't get a lot from other people, they still it's still in their ear. Like still small voice telling them, "You remember that episode? Why don't you say no to that TikTok?" So that's it. Yeah. Now, now everybody knows. Princess is watching. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna bring us up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like I'm like watching you somewhere, so you have better. <laughs> me up to what you're saying <laughs> yeah oh that's so funny um and and i mean so important uh the you know that that we do pay attention to to what we're saying and how we're communicating with people um especially especially in that way um so as we're kind of leading into the the end of the show here um i like to get into what you hope your future looks like um so maybe first let's let's talk about the near future what are you working on what do you hope to see happen with the show or with your life in general yeah just what what are your what are your plans right now well i i would like to talk about this because i know one day this tape will have to be replayed for me to listen i'll rather use it as a story for people so i'm actually someone who is ever evolving I'm someone who's open to new opportunities and I believe there is a lot more inside of me. Like last year, by this time last year, I never knew I was going to start a podcast. So that's to tell you how um, spontaneous things can be. But I'm someone who also likes to plan. So in the next um, in the next few years, I want to, I should be someone who, I'm training to be a speaker, a public speaker, trainer and coach on productivity stand in career in life and whatever aspect that people are so I'm, I'm trying i'm training to be a productivity coach and not just a training it's something that i want to be my lifestyle that should that should be enough to get people in to want to learn or to want to change whatever it is that is limiting their productivity and then i you know i love the media so much so my voiceover work it's is a hobby for me and it's something i love to do and um, in the next few years, I, I see Chip Talk as not just a podcast. It's, it's not just something that is going to be listened uh, via a podcast platform. It's got to be listened in different platforms. Chip Talk might even have a book for it, for book readers. And it's a community for people who would want to have a change in their lives. You understand so for me it's an ever-evolving opportunity i'm open to a lot of opportunities to grow to train to teach to influence to impact whatever media opportunities i have 
at my disposal from now to the next few years I'll actually utilize it. And then I don't mind, not I don't mind, I'm trying to be um, an author. So I have my books still on ground and that would be my best form of teaching. So generally I want to be a teacher, a teacher on productivity, positivity and influence. That's just me. That's awesome. Um, and all things that, you know, uh, that it's good to see that you can already get started, that you're already doing some of those things. Um, and that, that, you know, that that's the direction that you want to head. Um, so, so looking more long-term, what's the, what's the ultimate impact, uh, that you want all of this, this productivity talk and, um, and positivity talk um the book the podcast everything else that you want to do what's the ultimate impact that you'd like to make on the world with that i don't want to look back and feel like i didn't have a good life i want to have a fulfilling life and what i mean by fulfilling life is a life that really focused on what matters what mattered and is happy with it i don't want to grow old or look back and feel like I didn't do something that was burning in my heart to do. I've had a lot of mistakes I didn't do in the past. Things I had in my mind I didn't do in the past, but I felt I was too young to do them. And that is where I want it to end. So I just want to, every single day, I, I wake up and I want to see new opportunities. I want to listen to my heart and follow what it is saying. And that is what I want for everyone. Because if each and every one of us can do the little things that matters to us, then we'll definitely be shining a light and everyone will be happy. That's just the singular impact I want everyone and me to have as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good good way to impact people is to, to help them pursue those ideas, um, even if they don't partake directly in what you create. Um, I just, yeah, I think I think that's... I mean, that's the ideal life, right? Is to make people happier. Uh, my last question that I ask everybody who, who comes on the show, at the end of your life, when you're looking back, whether you know, you're 100 years old, maybe 150, we'll see uh, how, how lifespans go. Um, but you're, you're looking back on your life. What, what are you most proud of and what are you most satisfied with? <laughs> If I look at my life in time to come, I would want to be proud of the fact that every single hope, dream, and idea that I had came to pass and it impacted the world. That's just, I just, if, even if it's an inscription that should be written wherever I am, I, she impacted the world with her words. She impacted the world with her actions. She impacted the world with her habits. As little as that, it's, it makes sense to me. Hmm. I love that. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that sums up the our conversation perfectly. So with that, uh, Princess, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Alex. It's been a great time. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, but to the people around you. The people in your life that you know from work, school, or just your neighbor. 
take some time, even if it's just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.